2: Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast, by the fans, for the fans. We're at Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win. Hello, everybody.
1: Welcome along. It's another edition. It's India against England. The tour that continues without a close game. We'll talk about that and more after we've seen England winning the third T20 international. By eight wickets in a fair canter. It has to be said. I'm joined by two Indian badges, I'm Bika and Neil Varani today to dissect what we've just seen. And and um, yeah, I, thought I was really disappointed with India today. I have to be honest.
2: So James, hasn't it been a Jekyll and Hyde series? It feels like the first ODI you saw England firing on or firing on all cylinders. The second T20I yeah, we saw India do that, and now it's again back to England. It certainly is Jekyll and Hyde. We certainly don't seem to have any kind of consistency where both. Both of the teams produce out of their best. It certainly looks like there's some experimentation going on, but considering that these are the the number one and number two teams you know when it comes to T20 rankings it's a little surprising that we haven't been able to produce a sort of an exciting humdinger so far
1: I've seen a lot of comment on social media suggesting win the toss bat second win the game but it's not as simple as that is it because I'm, yes the conditions may point the match into that direction but if you play well enough if you play better than the opposition you can
2: still win batting first yeah I think T20 is all about execution isn't it we actually saw that when Hardik Pandya was batting you saw nothing was thrown in his arms everything was at hard length or short away from his hitting zone so you could see how well the England English bowlers executed but in the same way I don't think Hardik executed his role as well no. you know there's always some adaptation that you do and he wasn't able to adapt as well as how you know as the English bowlers did so it, both sides are not executing at the same time because that's when we're, we're going to get that, that sort of exciting you know super close finish It's
1: interesting you bring up Hardik Pandya because I've commentated on both the matches that he's played in and I've kind of bigged him up when he's come to the crease saying yeah I've watched him in the IP he hits sixes for fun. He's a, he's a terrific player. And he's gone along at uh, less than a run of ball and looked to really struggle in this series so far.
2: Certainly, as and you know, he wasn't good Nick in Australia. So he was really playing very well there. So it, it is surprising, you know, how out of Nick he looks right now. But also, I think it's a testament to the English bowling. I think we've seen how well each and every one of them, it's almost like they have absolutely nailed what they need to do. Each and every one has plans. And I'm pretty sure that that exists on both teams. But the English bowling and batting right now is just was great. Everybody just executed their plans. And Hardik hasn't been able to adapt. He is a fantastic hitter, though. And in this day and age of analysis and technology, you know that people are going to try to find broad through You know, they're going to look at your game, try to expose any kind of flaws you have. So I count on Hardik to come back. It just he, he hasn't been able to figure a way out just yet.
1: Neil, um, I want to talk a bit about Virat Kohli, both Positive and negative today, in my view, anyway. I thought his innings today was really good. I, I tweeted that that he was a well-paced innings, and yeah, you know, without him, India would have been really struggling today. And Knuckle, one of our badges, came back and said he didn't think it was well paced because he was only run a runner ball after 28. But that was the point of my tweet, really, is that he came to the crease or very soon after he'd come to the crease, India were three down for Diddley squat and he had to rebuild. You you know, if he'd kind of aimed for the fence recklessly at that stage, he would have been slaughtered if he'd been out and given massive initiative to England, I thought he did really, really sensibly. He kind of rebuilt and then propelled India to some kind of total towards the end.
0: This was exactly the kind of innings that Virat Kohli can provide. Uh, I agree with you. I think he came in uh, with India two down for not very much, soon to be three down. He looked in good touch from the start, but what he didn't do to begin with was take risks and considering India's position, you can accept that. He only really started going for his shots at over 14, 15, when Pandya had been in for a little bit, and it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things if he were to get out taking risks, because it was either not get anywhere near a defendable total uh, or get out. The risk-reward ratio had changed sufficiently that he had to take those risks um, I thought he was superb today in what was a very difficult situation certainly in the first half of India's innings
1: If he'd gone out straight away today Neil India could have been all out for 68 or something couldn't they It could have been that bad whereas the way he played it he at least gave them a score where in the field they could have defended we'll talk about that in a second the way they did try and defend it but I thought the, you know the way he played it he just gave his side a chance
0: Yeah it was the only sensible way to do it especially considering when that third wicket came down then Rishabh Pant came in who one is the more attacking player but also in that sort of situation is the more expendable player so it's him who should be going after things rather than goalie so you can accept him being a little over runner ball at the start if he is anchoring the innings and providing the stability that the more expansive players can build on.
1: that's my positive bit on Vera. I think he's a terrific player and I always have done. And he's one of my favorite batsmen to watch because he's got every shot when he wants to unfurl them. He's got every single shot, but he took them up to 156 for six, Neil. And then I felt, you know, I've seen his comments post-match to suggest that he felt that in the second half of the innings, the Indian side's body language was poor. And I would agree with that, but I would say, suggest that that stems from the skipper. We've talked about this on the podcast before. I felt that his body language was awful in the first match and the players look to Virat Kohli. They look to see what fight he's suggesting. hes They look to him as the beacon to follow. And when he's starting to look frustrated and angry and disappointed and as if they're going to lose, that transmits itself. I think, you know, he's right to criticise the team for having poor body language, but it stems from him.
0: I think uh, we put too much on him there. and A certain amount has to go to the players. This isn't an under-11s team. They're all yeah, but they, seasoned.
1: No, yeah, but Neil, Neil, don't downplay that because they look to him. He is the biggest player in their team. He is their captain. He is their leader. They look to him for guidance. They look to him for signposts and they look to him for inspiration. And when he's subdued and not giving that, that transmits
0: itself. Well, I don't know. I think we we run the risk of asking him to be something he's not, and then when he is having a go at him for not being what he was before. Um, I th- I didn't think. But he when was- has he
1: ever? Sorry, but when has he ever done being the good T20 captain? Well, he, he's fun, he looks great in in the second match when in, when India were winning. He looked fantastic because everything was going in his his way. In the first and third match where India were up against it, I felt that he's looked really poor.
0: I don't think he uh, he looked as down as uh, perhaps he did in, in the first match. I think he looked frustrated at times himself as well. And there were certain things that happened on the field that you would be frustrated with. We can't s- simply say that uh, the cool calm block of ice that Owen Morgan projects which is very successful for him would be right for would be right for Vera. I didn't see too much there. I think there are a number of players who let themselves down in the field in the second innings and they will get a right bulking. And sometimes that's what you need. Some players respond better to the stick than the carrot. How
2: do you see it, Eland? Well, you know, I think we sometimes ascribe, in my opinion, too much importance to body language because I'll give you a, often back in the day when Dhoni was a captain and Dhoni's famous for being stoic, he does not show a lot of emotion. There was criticism that he's not showing enough emotion. Then you have somebody like a Virat who wears his emotions on a sleeve and you can, you know exactly Exactly how Virat feels with every ball. And then, you know, that gets criticism. And I often find that to me, we might be ascribing a little more importance to that, to the body language piece than what's actually going in the field.
1: We, we've all played cricket and we've all took a great catch and been elated. We've all made an absolute rick in the field and felt like you wanted the ground to swallow you up. And if you're feeling at deep mid wicket and you misfield and let the boundary go, you don't need Virat Kohli to give you the death stare, do you? I said on commentary today, there was one moment where he looked down at the ground. He looked like if you'd been within two feet of him, he would have punched your face in because he was angry. He looked down at the ground and I said on commentary, that piece of ground is going to die because it's the death stare. And he gives that to fielders. And you don't need that, I don't think. You don't, I mean, obviously you don't want the captain to come over and cuddle you when you've, you've misfielded. But you know yourself, you're a professional. You know yourself that you've let your team down. You don't need the captain to be giving you evils, do you?
2: Yeah, I don't think that you need that. Uh, actually, I actually think maybe a captain coming up to you and saying it's OK, you're going to get the next one might be as important, uh, might be a bit more important than the death stare, right? Because if you're a young player, you might actually lose some of that confidence. But at the end of the day, everybody should know it. So you're absolutely right. Is that death stare needed? Probably not. At the end of the day, all of these guys are professionals. These are not amateur cricketers, uh, you know, who have a day job. These guys are actually full time cricketers. So they do understand the, the the stakes right now. And you certainly understand the job that you have to do.
0: There are some pl- uh, players, though, who would respond better to a death stare because they'd be very much right. I'm going to show you I'll get it absolutely perfect next time just to uh, show you that I don't deserve that. Someone like Johnny Bairstow seems to thrive off that kind of energy and performs his best when he thinks that people are having a go. And I'm sure that some of the egos in... The India camp would similarly like to show up uh, someone who's uh, having a go at them in that way.
1: The the extension of what I was saying earlier, though, in terms of the field and and Virat in the field is that I don't think it actually does him any favours either. When he gets so frustrated and gets so animated, it's all right when it's all done in a positive way because everybody kind of builds up and everybody follows. But when it's negative like it was today and in the first game, he drops a catch. He, He... kind of grabs at the ball for a run out and gives away a misfield. It, it doesn't serve the purpose, I don't think.
0: But I don't think you can have one without
1: the other. So I'm suggesting to you that he's probably not the man for India in terms of T20 cricket, that somebody who was a little bit more level-headed and a bit more thoughtful might be a better
0: leader for India. Maybe, but at the same time, sometimes that kind of, crazy passion that you get from Virat does get everyone fired up so the, when something turns because we've all seen games where everything is going downhill and then you get a couple of wickets and suddenly you think you might be able to claw your way back in that kind of energy that Virat would give off then compared to say Adoni does seem to get everyone fired up and I, I think it's hard to get that without having to accept the other it's um, the old Roy Keane conversation would, would he be half the captain or the player without going too far sometimes
1: Elvis Presley once said we're caught in a trap we can't get out but we might be able to soon hopefully COVID-19 will be behind us and we can get back on the cricket pitch this summer and you need to make it count blackratcricket.com they have an original range a rodent range a little rat range bats made by cricketers for cricketers make 2021 count BlackRatCricket.com. Join the infestation. I'm and India are really missing a, a Jasper Bummer or something, aren't they? Somebody that can really lead the attack. I thought um, boovi actually bowled really well today. Shardal Takurg took a lot of tap and there didn't seem to be anybody kind of following on after after Boobie's good spell.
2: Exactly and I think the bowling right now is a little weak without Bumrah but also you know Shami is usually in there uh, who has certainly come along over the last few years. The couple of other differences now are that Chahel and Kuldeep who were both part of the squad and were taking wickets by the buckets are certainly not as effective as they were. Chahel certainly has taken a bit of tap lately and he's a very important cog in there because really if you look at the wicket takers within the team I think Chahel's right up there so we don't have an Ashwin and Sundar is a very defensive bowler with that you know you have to take a look at look at the bowlers in there and say okay who's actually going to get you a wicket and it's really Chehel and Bumrah Bumrah's not there Chahil's sort of still working through his form to see how he's going to bowl to some of these really good batsmen that the English team has and I think that is certainly impacting how the batting goes
1: let's have a look at the England innings then and I thought Johnny Bairstow played very nicely for his 40 when he came in off 28 balls took all of the pressure off really with that innings but Joss Butler highest score in the T20. International 83 not out from him. And Neil, it was a, a bit of an innings of two halves, wasn't it? He he, he went out the blocks really quickly, um, hit a few sixes off poor old uh Yuzvendra Chahal, who must have nightmares about Joss Butler when he goes to bed at night because he seems to have taken a liking to his bowling. And then after he'd broken the back of the of the chase, he just sat in and knocked it around and counted to 83. It was just a very professional performance from Josh Butler, I felt.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely. I think chahal Chahal's being used in a different way. Um, bowling a lot more in the power play um, when he doesn't have that protection. Now, I don't think he's quite adapted his game yet to it, but Butler seems to have noted that and taken advantage of the lack of people on the rope and really scored heavily there. This is something I've seen a lot with Butler in the IPL as well. He takes full advantage of the fielding restrictions um, and then plays um, a lot more sensibly straight after, whereas Someone like Berstow starts off a bit slower in the power play, but then really seems to accelerate all the way through. Not saying either is better, but Butler's innings today was, for the most part, chanceless, I thought, until um, that drop right at the end uh, by Virat it's a very very professional um, performance from him
1: When we're talking about level heads and hands, Jos Butler never seems to get flustered does he when he's out there batting you can't really tell if he's just hit a six or if he's just uh, been beaten outside the off stump he, he just looks very um, I don't know uh, what, what's the word kind of comfortable assured at the crease
2: He certainly does I think and you know if you look through his career except for that one incident I think with Vernon Philander for the most part he looks pretty like a pretty calm sort of individual who can sort of handle the pressure and walk through, you know, irrespective of the situation, seems to have a very calm demeanor. So he's certainly one of those. I think what also certainly helps is he comes to the IPL all the time and he's a star in the IPL. He does very well. I don't think the last season went as well, but before that, he's certainly done very well. So these are conditions he's fairly used to. Even if this is a brand new stadium, he's played here plenty of times and he's played against these bowlers plenty of times because all of the bowlers in the Indian team, Butler has faced time and time again. So I think some of that certainly helps, but this is his moment, isn't he? He is after AB de years... You know, is there anybody else who's 360 degree player much more than Butler? And there might be a few, but, you know, Butler's certainly one of the best, isn't he?
1: I was looking at the um, ICC T20 international rankings for batting during the innings today. And it surprised me how far down I had to scroll to find the name Joss Butler in the uh, standings. Obviously, David Milan um, tops, the, uh, tops the list. But you have to go um, right down to, I think it was number 24 in the list for Joss Butler. That is too low for somebody of his quality, isn't it? He Maybe consistency is is the reason, Anand, because he's capable, like you say, of doing things that probably no other person can.
2: Oh, absolutely. And also it might be a... I think he's a fantastic batsman. And one of the issues that might be part of this is just the way the T20Is are scheduled right now. I don't know whether Joss has played as much as he should, because I do think that there have been a few breaks here and there. And Milan has certainly taken over and has been doing that anchor role for the England team very well. But if we were to try and build a super team of T20 players, wouldn't Joss be the first or second name in there?
0: Would it, Neil? No, but he'd be be well up in the conversation. It does appear to be another situation where Possibly, our perception and affection for Joss is more than the empirical data. He is a wonderful player, but he has had a number of low scores. And in something like the rankings, that does count against you. Quinton
1: the Cock is 17th in the list. Obviously, he would, uh, you know, if we're talking about a world team and's probably Quinton gets the gloves doesn't he and, and Josh Butler maybe misses out if we're actually taking these rankings as uh, I mean you can take them with a bit of a pinch of salt because you can't totally rank a player but they, they are a very good guy are not they and Butler's obviously quite significantly lower down so
2: uh, I, I'm still not sure between you know obviously Quinton certainly has a great chance to you know come in if we are going with the world 11 Quinton probably walks in I would think Josh would be right there with him he doesn't have to keep the gloves with the kind of batting that he does his career strike rate in T20 internationals is 105 40. And I think at T20, he's goes as about 145. That's pretty good numbers. I don't know that there's a lot of people in the world who go better than him. Maybe somebody like Andre Russell who comes down the road and plays about 10 balls and tries to make 30 out of him. But there are not a lot of batsmen who would go about Joss. Uh, to me, he would certainly be in, he would walk into my team right away.
1: He would mine as well. Yeah, I'm only asking the question to try and prompt an answer because I I firmly believe that Joss Butler would be in my world 11 if I was to pick one. And um, today, we're still not totally convinced with Joss Butler as opener as opposed to a 5 or 6 in a T20 international Neil where would you play him? are you happy to see him going in at the top of the order because I suggested on one of the podcasts the other day that maybe a straight swap between him and Ben Stokes might actually be better for England's team have Joss Butler finishing things off and Ben Stokes freed
0: up to have a bit of a go at the top I tweeted myself about this uh, this afternoon because uh, Nick Knight and Stuart Broad were having a conversation about how good it is for Joss Butler to be opening and I disagree entirely And it's not because Joss Butler is not an excellent opener. He absolutely is, and he's the best England opener. However, England also have Roy, Bairstow, Hales, Milan, possibly in the future... Banton and as far as finishers go there's no one apart from Morgan yeah. who you can rely on to finish a game Stokes looks a little bit uncomfortable
1: in that position at some stage mm-hmm. I think Definitely I think it, yeah. I think if you gave Stokes the opener's role and just said to him Ben go out and enjoy yourself I think you'd get more out of him
0: Roger standard that He's someone who can build into an innings, absolutely. I saw some stats up on Sky um, about Milan that said his, his strike rate for his first 20 balls is something like 110, 120. And after that is 193. Stokes is also someone who needs to build into his innings. It's not someone that you can throw in at the, uh, at the 15th over and say, right, just go for it straight away.
1: And I also think with Stokes um, sometimes that he has little purple patches he'll have a couple of overs where where, where he's really on it and then he'll go off, bo- off the boil for 10 balls and he'll come back again and the longer you give him the more those purple patches come.
0: He's never really cracked international T20 for me. He's obviously an absolutely wonderfully talented player, but he hasn't really done it for the international team and actually in the IPL. Um, Aside from that first season with Rising Pune Supergiant, I don't think he's really done it for Rajasthan. Going back to Joss, he is someone who you would rank alongside Russell, Pandya, possibly um, Morgan, who can absolutely destroy a team in the last 15. Yeah. So uh, when you've got that huge wealth of excellent openers, not having Joss opening the innings may lose you five runs in the power play. Not having him finish the innings could uh, cost you
1: 20. I mean, A.B. de Villiers is a brilliant example of that. He, he can come in with six overs left and still could, still leave the pitch with a ridiculous score to his name because he can just tank it everywhere and have the freedom to do that because there's no pressure on him. Because if you get out in that situation, nobody's going to give you a give you a hard time, Anand. And Joss Butler could do exactly the same.
2: He certainly could. And I think when we look at the English team right now, Joss would do very well at the opener. He's already shown that he's a great opener. But if you wanted to switch that up, stone roll He can certainly open up Joss could come at number three or number four because like Morgan I think Joss has a great game against spin bowling and Joss is going to succeed wherever he goes matter of fact as a t20 player I rate him much more higher than Ben Stokes so Joss could come one drop and I think he would still succeed there or he could come you know maybe after Morgan if necessary but the, the key really would be to give him as many balls as you can so playing him real low down the order at number five or six might be too low but you know up the order he He can play high pace. He can play spin. He can play mystery spin. I think you know you got a complete package when it comes to t twenty.
1: I mean, one of the things you can do with the t twenty team is be a little bit flexible, isn't it? See how the game is. You have your four, five, and six maybe, and you just rotate them depending on what the situation is with the match. You know, you you don't necessarily have to be rigid with the batting order, do you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you got to take a look at the situation, what's happening with the pitch, and if there is somebody like a Joss, you can maybe move him around. But I really would be tempted to give him as many balls as he can because you know that he's class and that he's going to succeed more more often than not. If you look at his overall record too, Joss has played a ton of T20 cricket. If you just look at T20s, he's played 273 matches and this guy still, his strike rate is 145. He is class. So can we be tactical with him? Certainly, but you know, you still want him to get, get as much batting as he can. When we look at the IPL and specifically because the T20 World Cup will be played in India, he has a much better record than Morgan or Stokes. So even if you do, even if you're tactical with him, I would still see, you know, hope to see him play as many balls as he can. Considering, especially as you know, somebody like a Hales who's you're a really good t20 player doesn't look like he's gonna come in till he maybe uh gives a shirt off his back to Morgan I think
0: (laughs) my name is Jacob and I sent the Badger a message and now I'm on the podcast with this jingle if you would like to get in touch with the cricket badger podcast then tweet at cricket underscore badger
1: let's finish off today's podcast with a little word for Owen Morgan who obviously didn't have a lot to do today did he because he was next in and was able to sit there and watch England's victory from the dugout but his 100th cap today as the uh, in the T20 internationals I was just looking at India's cap appearances because he's, Morgan's on to 100 today next in line for England is Joss Butler with 77 to his name Rohit Sharma leads the line for India with 109 caps and, and Virat's on 88 um, 98 for MS Dhoni so he's in pretty good company in terms of longevity in the T20 international form Neil he's had a long and distinguished career and no son of him giving it up just yet is that 100 caps just
0: for England because I was wondering if he had a few for Ireland beforehand don't, he- ask,
1: don't ask me complicated questions like that
0: Well, <laughs> I think he's he's been playing international white ball since the 2007 World Cup well, or just before his span in T20 internationals
1: um, goes from 2009 I can tell you that
0: well I mean that's just absolutely superb isn't it the long longevity to stay on top of your game um, in that fashion. And I think he's one of the early specialists as well he um, realized uh, when he got dropped from the test team that white ball was the way forward for him um, and he's really worked on his game both technically but also uh, tactically as well and yeah he's been a, uh, a great advocate for both the white ball formats um, I, i'm gonna enjoy watching him play in captain uh, as long as long as i can
2: there's actually another interesting set with morgan you know, certainly has played the 100 T20s, but also he has captained England 57 times and they've won 33 times. So he's got about a 60% uh, winning rate. So, you know, certainly one of the better captains in there. And when you compare him to MS Dhoni, who, you know, obviously we consider as a very good T20 captain. Dhoni was at about 59% as well. So he's right there with Dhoni, uh, especially considering the number of matches he's played. You know, Jessica's James, I'm sure you'd, you'd be curious about this. Virat is right there as well. Virat's captain for about 43 matches. 125 of them at 63% so these guys are all close to each other
1: just to answer your question uh, Neil um, all of those games were for England he's uh, made his debut on the 5th of June 2009 against the Netherlands at Lourdes and uh, has stayed in the side pretty much ever since uh, so he's got
0: World Cup under his his belt as well although not as captain because England won the World Cup in 2010
1: yeah yeah he played in the final didn't he he was in the final Uh, do you know what I'd forgotten that he was in that side because you've got Michael Lum Craig Kieswetter Kevin Peterson Paul Collier Collingwood. Owen Morgan was in there at the end with Collingwood to get across the line. He was not out 15 in the final. So you're right. He, he has got a World Cup under his name. So he's gone from that World Cup to potentially another one in the
0: autumn. And uh, he's one of... Wow, there can't be that many multi, uh, multi-format multi World Cup winners either. A couple, couple of Indians between 2007 and 2011. Yeah. Um, and Australia haven't won the World Cup
1: uh, T20. Yeah, quite some record he's built up and quite a CV, hasn't he? He's got to look back on at some stage whenever he hangs up his boots and, uh, and looks back on a very distinguished career, Owen Morgan. So congratulations to him for his 100th T20 international appearance. Because we got a World Cup coming and because there's plenty of other T20 games to come, he's going to get past that 100 mark, very very, very quickly and speed on towards a much bigger figure. So good luck to him in the future and well played on a fantastic career so far. Well played to England so far. Eight wicket victors against the Indians today. It's been one sided match after one sided match. Please, 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 please. The cricket gods fourth and fifth T20 International bring us a last ball thriller please to give us something to really excite us. Anand and Neil, thank you very much indeed for joining me today. We'll be back again tomorrow with another podcast as we look ahead to that fourth match in Ahmedabad. Bads. i've been james the cricket badger and i'll see you again then
2: thanks for listening we will be back every day during england's tour of india get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on twitter we hope you are enjoying the cricket see you again tomorrow Network.